Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. And we captured a child's voice saying, hi, this is my bed. No. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. We're coming to you from... Studio Middlestead. I don't know. Okay. That's it's, where... it's Carling's new house. We're at Carling's new house. I know. You're so kind. We have like, we have a tight schedule today. I'm the kindest. And now you volunteered to come here to record. I did. I ignored my messy house and I brought all my kids here. And then we have to rush back for a birthday party. And I also... Was like, I could clean my house, but there is a shift that I could take, so now I'm just going to do my second job. You know what? If you're not there to see it, does it even exist? Exactly. And I got to keep hustling because I need to make some cashola. I need to ask what happened to your thumb. Oh, I burnt it. My God, that was a while ago. No, that was... <gasps> I have multiple burns. I, I'm not... I can't be left alone with a curling iron. A curling... I was going to yeah. say, you went to school for professional cooking, but it's no, a curling iron. It's a That's curling the price of burn. beauty. Right? That's what we do. That's why we're so beautiful and scarred. Presumptuous of you to say, think that I'm beautiful. Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yesterday, we had a Halloween party this Saturday. I know. It was so fun. You were, were like full on anti-mode and I, brought all my kids here. Yeah. I had seven kids for, well, I had them for three hours by myself uh-huh. until Lindsay was off work at two and then she came with alcohol. Uh-huh. To support me. Yeah. And we carved nine pumpkins. No, we only carved seven pumpkins. Okay, yeah. We carved seven pumpkins. We decorated cookies. We colored. We played hide and go seek. And yeah, I was hoping it was nice out because we were going to go to the park and be outside, but yeah, it did nothing but rain all day yesterday. It did. And I had to work. So then I came and joined you guys around 430 or so. Yeah. And we had dinner and watched a movie. I know. What did we watch? Liar, liar. Oh, what an! There, it's problematic. It's problematic. Like there are some scenes. I mean, it's a funny movie, but like watching it through the lens of twenty twenty one. Yeah, watching it through the woke lens. Yeah, it's it's not great. (laughs) My God. Speaking of woke, have you heard the phrase "camp"? No. So I've heard two people reference it now, and they're like, "Yeah, why wasn't I part of that camp?" Oh, like campy, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, what? I know what that means. Like, uh, when you, so, uh, maybe, maybe I'm not saying it right, but something that's campy is like something that has like a cult following. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can see that where it's like, oh, I missed the mark. I missed that camp. Um, because it would have been like right up my alley. Right. But I right. missed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did not know. I was not woke to the camp. <laughs> yeesh. Is that what it is? Yeesh. What is it? <laughs> what is it's it? yeet. Ye- no, not yeet. Isn't it like oh, she? She. Yeah. yeah. My God, you guys. We're learning. Learning and growing Hopefully every day. Hopefully our demographic is mostly people of our age and not anybody younger because they have now unsubscribed. They are embarrassed for us greatly. Um. But anyway, how was your week? Um... I think it was good. I worked almost every day. And then on my day off, I did about 40,000 things. Oh, yeah. We recorded a Patreon. We did. Uh, with Kaylee. And that was super fun. Um, yeah. I just worked all week. Yeah. Worked both jobs. And that's about it. Yeah. Nothing crazy happened, I don't think. I wonder if... Because, like, you work two jobs and I want to be like, girl, stop. Like, don't do too much. Take care of yourself. And I wonder, I have always worked no less than two jobs. Yeah. Not always because of necessity. Just I'm just like, well, I'll just, you know, take on this extra thing and 
do and I'm like, oh, is that why people are always like, Carlin, don't take on so much? Probably. And I think I was actually talking to like another skip driver when we were waiting for um, our orders at this restaurant and she was a single mom of four. And she's like, I've always had like my job, but then I've always had like other like side hustles yeah. and other jobs. And I was like, I think that's just like, especially when you're a mom, like and a yeah. single mom, like you're always busy. So then you just keep being busy. Yeah. Um, it's probably also a trauma response. Oh yeah. For that I, sure. You know, that I'm going to just ignore my problems and. Yeah. Why face something exactly. when you can just take on something else? Because when I think about it, I have four jobs and so do you. What? <laughs> oh, because like but the podcast? The podcast. Being a mom. Yeah. And then my other two, like, actual jobs that give me money. Yeah. I guess, like, I work I work super casually at my dog's daycare. Yeah. To help out, like, once or twice a week. I do the podcast. I work full-time at a rec center. And then I'm also a landlady. You are a landlady. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, like, a stepmom. Slash auntie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when to embrace the term stepmom. When does that happen? Not embrace after it. Like you get married, Carly. After, <laughs> like I'm not. After a, you are a without sin under the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my white dress already. There we go. Um, yeah, that's like a weird thing concept for me. And like I was telling Lindsay, like I don't want to force a title. And yeah, no. Like I don't want to. I don't need to be a parental figure. I just want to be a healthy adult figure. Yeah, absolutely. But like when I took um, Olivia to figure skating yesterday. I didn't know, like... They were like, who's this? <laughs> yeah, like, I, like they were all doing a try-on of their co- competition dresses. And I didn't want to presume, like, I didn't want to assume that everybody would be comfortable with me in there because I am a stranger. And so I just waited out in the hallway. Mm. But then Lindsay was like, oh, I want a picture. So when a mom came out, I was like, hi. I was like, do you mind just asking Olivia if, like, you could, if she could come out so I could take a picture? And then the lady was like, Olivia, some lady's here. She oh. wants your picture. <laughs> But I didn't know but why. why wasn't be... she like, um, who are you? And yeah, why do why you, do you want, want a photo of this child? Girl's photo. Yeah. And so I was like, but what do I say? Like, oh, I'm Olivia's stepmom. Or yeah. do I say, oh, I'm Olivia's mom's girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know. Lesbian lover. I don't know. Like, there's You a need bu- a t-shirt. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important for the kids to like have um, like a reference so that if they're talking about me or they yeah. need to explain who I am to somebody. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. It's a thing I'm thinking about. It's complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, let me, let us know your thoughts. Call in. <laughs> anyway, my week was, like, fine. Uh, Sorry, Carly, how was your week? Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed we were moving on. Anyways, my week was great. Um, I think it was fine. I Work is just crazy busy. Yeah. And there are so many moving pieces that I, I never know if I'm terrible at my job or if these are common issues that everybody in my job has faced just because of the nature of the industry. Well, I don't think it's going to be common because nobody's done this during a pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'm always, I I told my boss, I was like, I always just feel like I'm on the verge. Like I got locked out of my computer from work. Like I entered a wrong password too many times, even though I'm convinced that that was my password. (laughs) It probably was. Yeah. But then I like got locked out. And then I was like, this is it. This is, I'm now getting laid off or fired. They fired me. And they haven't told me yet. So that I, also could be a trauma response no, it, from for, your previous yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, the museum that I worked for was so horrible in the yeah. way that they handled laying people uh-huh. off and everything that now the second a password doesn't work, I was like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I've done a horrible job. I'm obviously not valued. And now I'm going to be fired. But then I got to go buy pumpkins Yeah. to decorate our facility for the staff to carve. So there you go. You know, it's about balance. <laughs> Funny. But anyway, uh, today is our is our like part two of our Halloween feature of our spooky spooky season. Spooky special. Spooky special. It's it was so interesting. So we talked to Christy, who was a paranormal investigator, and it was so interesting to like juxtapose. Oh, ooh, big words. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, like her what she does with what Kaylee does yeah absolutely being a channel and a medium I was so fascinated I know we need to like go visit this prison that she just bought and Lizzie freaking Borden's house I'm gonna be honest I don't know who that is (gasps) I know I just played along I was like Lizzie Borden you don't know Lizzie Borden I don't think so Lizzie Borden there's a whole poem about it too that she like are you gonna recite it gave her father 40 wax 
What? With an axe. <gasps> yeah. She killed her Is there a podcast stepmom. about it? There's like 40 million I'm going to listen to one today so that I better understand. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, ooh, you were so into it that I was like, yeah. She killed her dad and her stepmom with a hatchet. Oof. Yeah. Oof Malone. Malone. Yeah. <laughs> what, however you say that. That's uh, wild. Yeah. Back in the like eight, 19, early 1900s, late 1800s, something like that. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to bring it up because it came up earlier in our intro. If you guys haven't joined our Patreon yet, it is a, well, it's a, it's a whole thing. You should join it because it supports us and the work that we do and it allows us to keep producing these great quality podcast episodes (laughs) but you also as a thank you for subscribing to our patreon we give you two bonus episodes a month yes and this and then we're trying to do as often as we can a giveaway um so as it relates to either a patreon episode or a main feed episode um so kaylee mcdonald the channel and medium on november 1st we're going to be doing a draw for a free reading with her. Yes. And we've given away books from people that we've interviewed. And, and our latest episode is um, us talking to Kaylee about the readings that she did for us. <sighs> we discovered what readings. my past life was. And that you was guys. so funny. So Like funny crazy. but crazy. It was like. You have to you listen just, to it. It's crazy. Anyway. But yeah, it's a whole <laughs> thing. So go to patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. It's five bucks. You get instant access to 42 bonus episodes that you will never hear on our main feed and and i'll also mention that we are starting my story mm-hmm. we yeah, have done literally. one episode so yeah. far and we are about to record the second one so yeah so we really when we started this podcast we were trying to think of like the best way for us to share our own stories which are like intertwined and long and heavy and mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. and so i told my story on it and it was a five-part yeah. series yeah my god <laughs> but so cathartic and then yeah you're sort of starting to feel like you're ready to tell your story yeah so as soon as yeah. we sign off this intro we're gonna get right into it yeah absolutely and that'll be coming out i think in like two weeks all right yeah all right Let's do everybody it. have a great day bye, bye. hello christy Hi, how are y'all doing today? <laughs> Good. I have to say, we're laughing because we just recorded, or we just talked for 10 minutes, and I didn't hit record. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. It happens. So if this sounds a little, if the first 10 minutes sounds a little staged, it's because we're redoing this. I'm so sorry. I'm just glad <laughs> that we figured it out before we ended the entire conversation. And oh God, yeah. can you at imagine? Least we caught it at a good time. Very yeah. true. Oh, my God. You're going to be, like, sick of this story by the end of it. <laughs> my God. Okay. Well, we found you. I already uh, – this is all repeat, but nobody knows that. Uh, we found you on a Facebook group that uh, connects podcasters and people with cool stories to tell. Do you have a podcast yourself? I don't. I've become, like, a professional podcast guest, if you will. Yeah. No, that's the, – yeah. Especially during the month of October. It seems like everybody wants to talk to a, a paranormal investigator in October. I Well, so, yeah. Really. This is us. We were like, who can we talk to for – uh halloween so mm-hmm. um the week before your episode we're talking with a channel and a medium and she does past life regression readings and she connects with spirit and all this stuff so yeah it's kind of cool yeah so you're a paranormal investigator i am and why don't you kind of get into who you are and how you got into it sure absolutely so my name is christy sumner and i'm the founder of soul sisters paranormal and we are an all-female paranormal investigation group that goes around the country visiting historic and reportedly haunted locations and we started in 2014 really as a girls trip my sisters and i live in different parts of the country and so we would routinely get together to go to different cities and just hang out for a weekend and have a good time Um, and we always try to do something a little bit different and unique on these girls trips In 2014, we went to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is where the former West Virginia State Penitentiary is located. 
And we had a family friend that sat on the board of that facility. And he said, you know, while you're here, why don't you just stay the night in the prison one of those nights and see if you can communicate with our resident spirits? And so we jumped at that chance and we left that uh, that experience with um, such compelling, what we felt was compelling evidence, uh, such as footsteps, uh, men speaking when there was nobody in the area, door slamming, uh, that we really decided to formalize a paranormal investigation team. So we came up with Soul Sisters Paranormal. Uh, we had our theme music created, our logo created, and uh, our website uh, created, and we just really wanted to see if we could elevate this subculture into a more mainstream professional media if we could. Because it is really a subculture, isn't it? Like there's, there are groups of people that like travel around and are super into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a whole community. Um, when you really start delving into the paranormal, there is a, a community of, of individuals like myself that that go around and visit these historic locations. And we're different from what I would categorize as ghost hunters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ghost hunters are more of those people that just want to go into a location. Um, the history is cool, but it's more about finding something spooky in that location. Um, and then the, a third group I would categorize would be the YouTubers. And those are really the ones that go in, do a live, um, try to find something scary in the moment and really kind of gloss over the history from my mind, just kind of yeah. gloss over the history. Whereas paranormal investigators the history is really what drives us, right? So we go to these locations, we have this tactile experience with these historical locations. We tell the history behind those locations and why it's important and why they need to be preserved. And then the paranormal is actually secondary for what we do. Um, right. And if we find compelling evidence, that's fantastic. But we leave the experience um, just richer because we've had the experience in the location more so than the, than the paranormal experience, if you will you know, your first kind of experience of going into this prison, it's like, let's do it big. Let's go to a prison instead of like, maybe <laughs> someone's like house that has like a little friendly like spirit. You're like, let's just go big. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We, we had to go big. You know, um, a lot of paranormal investigators have their bucket list. And uh, I think in the first two and a half years, you know, we've been very fortunate to be able to mow through most of those. So, you know, we've been to West Virginia State Penitentiary, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Tick Asylum, the Lizzie Borden House, Velisca Axe Murder House, um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, St. Augustine Lighthouse. We've been to all of the quote unquote big locations. And we really wanted to do that right out of the gate to um, kind of build our portfolio and yeah. get some le legitimacy in, in what we do and how we do it. Um, and I think because of that, we've been able to build a, a pretty good fan base, a pretty good following for what we do. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for everybody who watches our videos and really comments on them. And, uh, and it really drives kind of our, our quest to keep going. Wow. And do you, well, when I hear the word paranormal, I think not necessarily evil, but I don't think like, uh, my grandpa who passed on to the other side. So do you think there's like good and evil spirits or ghosts? I think there's good and, 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 and dark, if, if that makes sense. Mm. So uh, we've never experienced anything that I would consider evil or demonic. Now, let me say, I, I do believe that there's demons and I think they're the um, kind of the yin and the yang, the, the, the evil to the good and the evil of the world. We've never experienced the demon. We don't go in looking for demons or anything demonic or evil, um, but we have encountered spirits that I would consider darker. And by that, I mean, they kind of had um, a darker existence as humans. Uh, I think we find this a lot in prisons and jails. These are guys and, and gals sometimes um, that weren't the greatest in life, right? So murderers, rapists, you know, that sort of thing. We're housed in these prisons. And so they're, they're going to have that same type of spirit when they pass on. So to answer your question very long-windedly, yes, we've experienced both of those, but nothing that I've ever considered malicious or demonic or evil. It's just those that want to be left alone. And we're fine with doing that. Um, so for example, when we went into Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, which was a maximum security prison in, in Petros, Tennessee, there were a couple of spirits that kind of made some indications that they didn't want to communicate with us, kind of like mm -hmm. myself. And that's fine. We, we left a voice recorder and a camera in there and we said, this is your space. We respect it as your space. If you want to communicate with us, this is how you can do it. But otherwise this is a big facility and we're going to go investigate somewhere else and we're going to leave you to it. And I think because we go in with that sense of respect, I think 
we have gotten some some things that I can't explain um, because they know that we're not trying to provoke them. We're not going in with bravado. We're not going in and saying, hey, if you throw this chair around, then I'll believe you're here. Otherwise, you don't exist. Right. Um, if you watch any of our videos, we really go in and the, the, the theme throughout all of them is we want to tell your story. Will you allow us to tell your story? And as I said before, I think because we go in with that sense of respect, we get respect via communication from spirits. And in your experience, do they know they've passed on? When you say like, we want to tell your story, are they like, mm-hmm. good, because I'm dead and I have a story to tell? Or are they sort of like, <laughs> they do, what's what that movie about? with, what's that movie with um, Nicole Kidman and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it at the end, oh, they find out they're the dead ones. The others or something. What was that one? It like takes place in a mansion and it's very foggy and yeah. the, all these yeah. ghostly things start happening. But then what they realize mm-hmm. at the end is her and her kids are the ghosts. They're dead and they didn't know. Yeah, I think it's called yeah. The Others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think so too. My the God, Sixth Sense is kind of like now. that too. Again, yeah. spoiler alert, you know, yeah. Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not for 20 but, years. If you haven't seen it yet, you're... <laughs> then you're, you're just way behind. Yeah. <laughs> you need to catch up. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to answer your question, um, there's two types of quote-unquote hauntings that we experience. The first is what we call an intelligent haunting. And those are spirits that see us, they hear us, they communicate with us, they answer us either through verbal or visual or knocking or something like that. And then the second haunting is what we call a residual haunting. And those are, the way I can explain that is imagine a record player and you have a record on the record player and there's a scratch on the record. Every time the record hits the needle, it's going to jump. It's going to, you're going to hear the scratch. And essentially that's what a residual haunting is. It's a blip in time. Um, Mm -hmm. So something like an anniversary or a word or an object will trigger that quote unquote haunting. And it's something that occurs all the time. So for example, we investigated the Ma Barker house, which is in central Florida. And this was the site of the 1935 shootout between Ma and Fred Barker, who were two members of the Barker Carpus gang and a group of FBI agents. So the, the, the shootout happened on January 16th, 1935. And it culminated with Ma and Fred being killed inside of this house that they had rented um, because they were trying to escape uh, the FBI. So when we investigated there, we've been the first and to date, the only team to investigate this location. And when we investigated, I wanted to be there on the anniversary of the shootout. So what we did is we went into the house and we left stationary equipment, um, night vision video cameras, voice recorders, some trigger objects in the house. And this was on the night of January 15th and we left. So we locked the doors and we left everything to run on its own. Now, this house is sits on about 40 acres by itself. There's no light in the house. There's no power. There's no water. There's nothing in the house. It's just sitting vacant. And so we locked it all up and we left. So all of the equipment ran from the night of January 15th to encompass the morning of January 16th, which would have been the anniversary of the shootout. So when we went back and we listened to our audio and watched our video, um, we heard inside the room where they found Ma and Fred's body, we heard um, two, what we call EVPs, two voices. The first one said, Freddie. The second one said, yeah, Ma. And the first (gasps) one said, get ready. And I think that is what they said right before the shootout happened 83 years prior. So that is a residual haunting. I think it's always going to be said. Um, I think if you listen for it on the anniversary of the shootout, it will be spoken if you're listening for it. Um, Maybe not every Every year, but it, it's that's what we call a residual. It's something that happened, and it's a blip in time. That's incredible mm-hmm. and it terrifying. Was really, it was really cool evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Have you have you explained away a lot of things that people are convinced are paranormal? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when we go into these locations, the first thing that we do is we take a day tour of the location and we look for anything environmental that can infect, that could affect our investigation. Um, light pollution, um, airplane traffic, train traffic, dogs in the neighborhood, kids in the neighborhood, um, you know, where are these sources of, of sound and light coming from? And so when we're in there during the nighttime, if something happens, we, we will try to use those factors first to explain it away. 
Um, absent that, when we control for everything, what we're left with is the unexplainable. So for example, we were called in by a business owner who was convinced that his business was haunted. Um, he had set up night vision video cameras to secure the building. Um, and they started going on and off at odd times. He would see things um, that he thought was paranormal. And so the way the storefront is, it's, it's a, it's a long store, a long box store. It has a, a, an entire glass storefront. He has some mirrors down the wall. He had some display cases. And he, again, he had these night vision video cameras set up all around that, that store. So we went in and uh, we sat there for about three or four hours and none of our equipment alerted to anything. We weren't feeling anything, not sensing anything. So before we left, we set up our night vision video cameras and we left. And when he came back in the next morning, I called him and I said, did your cameras go off? And he's like, oh yeah, it was a, it was a very active night. I said, okay, give me the timestamps of those videos and I'm going to cross-reference them with ours. And so what we found was the way his storefront was positioned, it was running perpendicular to a highway that had a lot of U-turn traffic. So when oh. the cars would make a U-turn, the headlights were going into the glass and hitting the mirror and bouncing into his camera and essentially blinding the camera to right. where it would come off and turn back on um, because it was sensing daylight to nighttime again. And wow. so that's what he was perceiving as paranormal. So I told him, I said, just change the angles of the camera or take the mirrors down. And I think your activity will stop. And it did. So uh -huh. we go in and look for things like that first um, before we come up with something that we consider unexplainable. Did, was so that a relief to him? Too. Yeah. No, he was actually very disappointed. That's what um, I think. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, he was really disappointed, actually, because he was really excited to say he had a, a haunted business. Um, and so, so but, you know, to the flip side, we've, we've had, uh, houses and businesses that we go into and, you know, we find some things that we can't explain. And then it's like, okay, this is cool. I live in a haunted house. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a few people that says, you know, I don't want to live with it. What can I do? And in that instance, we have people that we call, whether it be a, a shaman or a priest or a demonologist, and, and they will kind of take that case over because um, getting rid of a spirit is not what we do. We just find go in and find evidence that, uh, of spirit activity. Um, so we don't do any cleansing or anything like that. But we have friends and, and people on standby that will will call and take over that case. Now, is there a reason that you're doing it like at night I'm assuming there's more activity at night or is it just because it's scarier like I, I would rather go to somewhere where it's like bright and and just sit there with my little video recorder but I'm assuming they're not coming out at those times no that's actually a wrong assumption um the go ghosts are active there's paranormal activity day and night um okay. the the reason we do a lot of or most of our investigations at night um for the commercial locations are because they have general operating hours during the day and we can't investigate during the day. We have to wait until they close to the general public, and then they'll allow us to come in and do the investigation. Um, and a lot of our equipment is designed to honestly look cooler during the night. Um, so for example, we have laser grids that we use in conjunction with our night vision video cameras, and those laser grids wouldn't be effective during the day. But right. that being said, we have done numerous daytime investigations and have gotten EVPs or, again, voices that we can't explain, electronic voice phenomena. Um, EVPs, we've had, uh, we've seen shadow figures during the day as well. Um, St. Augustine, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia, um, the Ma Barker House. We did a daytime investigation again at the Ma Barker House, and there's a lot of activity during that time. Um, the night also allows you to rely on different senses than just sight. Um, you know, when we go to these locations, even though you watch our videos, we, a lot of times we film in night vision. So it looks like there's ambient light, but we're in complete darkness. And so then we don't rely on our sight. We have to rely on sound and touch and feel and smell. Smells a very big sense to rely on. And so that really kind of heightens the investigation for us because it kind of takes away that bias of sight. Yes. Yeah. What kind of smells? <laughs> <laughs> um, cigarettes um, are a big oh, are a big yeah. smell. Um, perfume. Um, if you go into a location and you're sitting there and it, it you know you don't have a, a smell and a, a sense of or a waft of perfume comes through, that's a very big thing. We get that a lot. Whiskey, um, moonshine in some locations. Pipes. Um, there's a very um, there's a very big story at St. Augustine Lighthouse that the jailer or the the jailer the um, the lighthouse keeper. 
uh, he would smoke a pipe every night. And so when we were down in the basement of the jailer's cottage, we'd been down there for probably about an hour just doing a, an EVP session. And, um, you know, it quote unquote smelled normal. And then all of a sudden we started asking questions to specifically that, um, that, that lighthouse keeper and the room just filled up with pipe smoke. And so that's a very big smell. Um, and, and so, yeah, those, those are the ones we typically get. And, uh, but it, it is interesting when you smell it. Yeah. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. And I asked this to the channel, our friend that's the channel and medium too. Why can't a spirit just be like, Hey, Christy, my name's Brian. And I was a, you know, like why I think one of the reasons people tend to doubt these things is because, you know, like if you watch, I don't know, like Montel used to have a famous psychic on and she'd be like, okay, there's a man. I think his name starts with a B. Does anybody know a man with a name? And it's just very, um, like, I don't know, loosey goosey, but why Mm -hmm. wouldn't Brian the ghost be like, hello, my name is Brian. I'm looking at that lady there. Her name is Christy. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why not. Well, the first part for what we do, um, and I'm not going to profess to be a psychic or a medium or or an empath or anything like that. um, But I do believe that there are people that have that ability. I, I think that the people that truly do have that ability are those that don't really showcase it like on Montel, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They're the kind that will come up to you and say, Hey, listen, I, you're in a grocery store, right? And, And they'll say, listen, there's somebody that needs to give you a message and here it is. And for those people, I think that they really do have a gift. Um, now for what we do, the the spirits that we're communicating with and the way we're communicating with them, again, it's not empathically, mm-hmm. it's it's trying, you know, we're trying to actually see them physically or, or hear them physically. It takes a lot of energy to do that. Uh, you know, you and I talking like this, we're exerting energy. Um, for somebody that's a spirit or something that's a spirit, it takes a lot of energy. That's why we hear a lot of more voices than we see shadow figures or apparitions, because it's easier to say a word um, via your energy than it is to manifest yourself as an apparition. Um, so for that instance, I, I do believe it's the the energy, amount of energy that it takes to say a full phrase. Now, that being said, we have had full phrases that we've captured that we can't explain. Wow. For example, um, we were at the Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia. Now, this was a hotel that was built pre-Civil War, and it was part of the rare, the railroad system. There was a big junction there in Gordonsville. So they built this three-story hotel, very opulent. Um, and, but during the Civil War, it was transformed into a Civil War field hospital. And it saw both Union and Confederate soldiers, and they have over 700 verified deaths in this, this hospital. After the Civil War, it was recommissioned uh, back into a hotel. So when you go in there now, it's a museum. Um, and so they have some of the rooms set up as Civil War hospital rooms. And then the other half of the rooms are set up as the hotel. So you could see both sides of it. And um, so we were there. There was four investigators. Again, we're all female. Four investigators there that night. And we put a voice recorder on one of the beds inside the room that was set up like a hotel. And there were, and during the night, two of us went outside and the others were inside the building. Um, and we captured a child's voice saying, hi, this is my bed. And no. that is extremely cool because it's intelligent because it's seeing the voice recorder on the bed. So it's interacting with the voice recorder. And that is, again, it says that full phrase. So then about three hours later, as we're listening to the audio, about three hours later, we capture a man's voice. And he said, I don't know. I'll be back at 430. Um, again, extremely intelligent. It, it's interacting. It's saying it's coming back. So we do capture those full phrases. And so now we know that there's a man spirit there. And for some reason, he's going to come back at 430. Um, whether he's a doctor that feels like he's got to operate at 4.30 or he's trying to catch a train at 4.30, we don't know. But, you know, that's part of his story. He's coming back at 4.30. And so to answer your question, it it is rare to get a full phrase, but we have done it. I guess that makes sense. I think I think of it, (laughs) I think I think of it as like, it's like long distance, right? Like back in the Mm -hmm. day before high speed, it would have been a lot harder to communicate over a long distance and the spirit mm-hmm. world is probably very far away in a sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it could be closer than we think, you know, um, yeah. we were at uh, and, and like I said, the, the intelligent 
hauntings are the, are the ones that are the most intriguing to me. Um, so I'll give you two examples. The first one, we were at Hales Bar Dam, um, which is in Guild, Tennessee. And this is a dam that was built in 1913. It was in operation until the 1960s. And there was a series of tunnels that run underneath this dam. Um, and so my, my twin sister and I, we were down there and we were conducting an EVP session inside these tunnels. And I said, I yelled down the tunnels. I said, what is your name? And we didn't hear anything. Um, and then I said, what is my name? And down the tunnel yells the word Christy. And when we went back and we listened to the audio, when you hear me ask the question, what is your name? The voice recorder captured a man saying Hank. And then you hear me say, what is my name? And then you hear the word Christy as well. So again, extremely intelligent. They're interacting with us. So he has to be close enough to hear us and to be able to respond to us. So that was one example of a very cool, intelligent um, haunting. The next one is we're at the Lizzie Borden house. And this happens a lot when we're on investigations. Um, You know, we'll just be talking like, like you and I are talking right now, just having a conversation and something that we don't hear in the more moment interjects itself and it's captured on the voice recorder. So that really does happen a lot. Um, so we were at the Lizzie Borden house, um, which uh, was the site of the, the Lizzie Borden, um, you know, quote unquote, Lizzie Borden murders. And um, we, the first thing that we do when we walk into a location is we turn our voice recorders on. The very first thing. And so they're always running throughout the entire investigation. The voice recorders are running. So there were five of us that night. We were joined by Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations. And so she was collaborating on this with us. And so Miranda and myself and Cara were upstairs. And Jenny and Michelle were down in the parlor area where Andrew Borden was killed. And so they're just talking, right? They're talking about the day and not really paying much attention because we're upstairs and we haven't really started the investigation yet. So you hear Jenny and Michelle talking, and as we listen to the voice recorder, we captured a man's voice saying, I'm standing right here next to you. Um, Again, they didn't hear it, but it's right there on the voice recorder. So later on during that night, Jenny and Cara were sitting in the parlor, and they were just talking, and they were started comparing the Velisca Axe Murder House, which we had investigated prior to the Lizzie Borden house. And so they were just talking about, you know, we captured some stuff at Velisca. That was a good investigation for us. And they started talking about being axed to death, you know, being, you know, the victim of an axe murderer. And Kara says that would have been a horrible way to go. And a man's voice said it was. (gasps) Again, it interjected (gasps) itself. We didn't hear it in the moment, but we captured it on the voice recorder. And again, it shows that level of intelligence that I think they're closer than we realize, right? They're not really some far away place. They're right here kind of with us. So I'm super fascinated about true crime. Lizzie Borden is such a huge story. Um, When you go into places like that, are you like, okay, they're going to tell me like if Lizzie Borden actually did this or like who did this to me. Right. Like, or that's, that'd be my first thing. I'd be like, who did this? Was it Lizzie? Like everyone says, or was it someone else? Yeah. You know, we do ask those questions when we go in. Um, we don't really get a lot of those responses. Like here's, I'm going to solve the mystery for yeah. you. Um, <laughs> so we did ask the question. The It was not answered for us. Um, but yeah, the Lizzie Borden house was an extremely cool investigation for us. Besides those two EVPs that we captured, um, all five of us were upstairs in um, the room where Bridget, the maid, um, that was her quarters. So we were in that room and we had the door shut. Uh, so there is a hallway right outside that door, uh, right outside that room. But we had the door shut. All five of us are inside the room. And Miranda, we were using a, a piece of equipment called a K2 meter. And it's designed to measure electromagnetic energy. So she had this K2 meter and she puts it down on the floor. And she says, um, here, I'm putting this down for you to play with. And outside the, outside the room, a man's voice said, ignore them. And we all heard it. Um, and even Cara was like, did y'all hear that? And we're like, yes. And it captured on the voice recorder. Uh, so yeah, the Lizzie Borden house was such an extremely interesting investigation for us, but unfortunately they never said yes or no <laughs> that Lizzie did it. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So for, do you think that things happen that more frequently than people realize because they're not paying attention? Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, I think if something happens, you might just not even a not even consciously think about it. But do you think there's more paranormal activity happening around everybody all the time? And we're just not in tune to it? 
I do. Uh, and that's a great way to say that. You know, I always say um, everybody hears, but not everybody listens. And so you can hear these things, um, but you're not listening for them. Uh, and that's, again, that's why we have our voice recorders on every time before we even cross the threshold into a location, boom, voice recorders come on. We're all carrying one. Um, we have, I mean, we've got 15 of these things and we set them in different parts of the the building or the facility that we're, um, that we're in. So even though we're not in a room or an area, we always have ears on that location um, because you never know when something is just going to just speak out of the air. Um, and so yes, to your point, that's what we go back and, Every after every investigation, even though I've got 15 voice recorders, and if I've got them running for 10 hours, I'm listening to 150 hours of audio. And just for that reason, because I want to know if we captured anything, because, you know, if we didn't have the voice recorders going there at Lizzie Borden, we never would have captured the guy saying, I'm standing right here next to you. And I mean, you see Jenny and Michelle talking because I, we have a, the voice recorder was sitting next to a camera. So you see them talking and they don't acknowledge it. They don't hear it. But yet you clearly had this man saying, I'm standing right here next to you. Uh, and that just, you know, the things that we find are really a product of us sitting down and taking the time to listen and watch everything that we recorded that night. And so do yeah. you think that, do, is one of the senses also um, like, not intuition, but like feeling, I don't know what, like a gut feeling. Do you, is that one of the senses people get? I do. I do think that there are spirits that will act upon you. Um, again, not in a malicious way, but just kind of trying to get your attention. Like, Hey, I'm here. Uh, there's been numerous times where I'm, I'm just standing in, you know, say a cell block in brushy and something will pull my pant leg. Um, or my quote unquote tell, um, if I have a tell, um, that's something, I think something is going to happen is my leg will start to go kind of tingly. Kind of like if you sit on it for a minute and starts to fall asleep, um, it starts to have that feeling. And, and when I feel that I'll say, you know, my leg is really, I think something's going to happen here. I think we may capture something. So yeah, there, there are a lot of people that are in tune like that, that have that, that feeling or that perception. You know, I think there, we're not alone here. I think that, that, that something may be happening or we may be being watched. Yeah. I think, and, um, you should look into another business would be you going house hunting with people <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and you could say no, or maybe they do want to live with a spirit, but you could suss out and say whether uh, a place is haunted or not before you get there or before they buy it. <laughs> you know, that that would be awesome. If I had the time to do that, I would absolutely yeah. love to set that business up. Just like um, partner with a realtor and like yeah. you go around to all their houses and be like, this is a pretty good one, depending on. All right, ladies, yeah. we may be onto something. Um, all right. I'm calling, I'm calling copyright right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Trademark pending, trademark pending. It, yes. Trademark pending, copyright yeah. pending. Anybody listening to this audio right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I had the time, I think it be great. Um, I'm actually, uh, my, my business partner, Miranda, um, she's actually another paranormal investigator. She's, uh, she's the founder of ghost biker explorations. And she and I met through the paranormal. We met about two years ago and about six weeks ago, we actually opened a location in Huntsville, Tennessee, inside of the historic Scott County jail. So we currently run a museum, um, during the day. And then during the night, we open it up to paranormal research, ghost hunts, um, paranormal investigations. So, uh, that's kind of on my plate right now, but, yeah. uh, that, that may be a, a side hustle for sure. <laughs> and what are some of the spookiest things that you've come across? And I say spooky, maybe they're not spooky. What are some of the, mm -hmm. I, yeah, biggest things that have happened for you? In that location or overall? I think, I don't know, overall at your location? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we've got several. Um, one, I, I'd say probably one of the most, quote unquote, active locations that we've gone to. Um, I, th there's actually two. Well, I'll roll three in there. Um, the first one was the old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida. And this is about an hour's west of Gainesville, Florida. And this is a small county jail. It was an operation from 1928 and until 1968. And then once it closed in 1968, it said abandoned uh, to the point where um, the neighborhood gang members would use it as a drug um, hangout, uh, you know, drug distribution location, uh, really graffitied it up and such. So um, the owners that bought it allowed paranormal investigators to go in and, and conduct paranormal research. So the first time I went, it, it was a collaboration with Miranda from Ghost Biker. And uh, so she and I were the only two people on the property that night. And when we talked to the owner, she, she asked, she goes, do you, 
do you carry? Uh, I.e., do you have handguns? And we said, yes, we both carry. We're both licensed to carry. And she said, I strongly recommend that you keep your guns with you at all times because that's the area that we're in, right? And so we're like, fine. So we have our holsters on. We have our guns on. And we go into the jail. And for the first hour, we're not sensing anything. None of our equipment is alarming. There's no power in this place. There's no water in this place. None of our equipment is alarming. Um, we're not feeling anything. So Miranda says, I wonder if they think we're law enforcement because we have our guns on. And so we're in a cell and there's a cot inside the cell. And we said, okay, we'll just take them off and see what happens. So I take my gun off and I put it on the cot. And Miranda, as she's taking her gun off to put it down, she says, I'm taking the gun off and I'm putting it down nice and slowly. And we both hear a man behind us say good. And after that, I mean, the night was on. I mean, everything started alarming. Um, We captured voices in the moment. We saw shadow figures running through our laser grids. Um, We, when we went back and reviewed the audio, we captured voices, men's voices all through the night. Uh, We have a camera, uh, a type of camera called an SLS camera. And generally speaking, it's uh, an an iPad connected to this, this special camera that has an algorithm in it. And what it does is it, when it perceives a human figure in the room, it displays it as a stick figure on the screen. And so um, even if you sweep it around the room, if nobody's standing there, if it perceives something human, it puts that stick figure on the screen. So we were painting that around. Nobody was inside this room. We were painting it around and we had two figures that started interacting with each other. And it, it looks like one of them kind of takes its, takes its hand and, and co- kind of cocks it like a gun. And the second one falls down um, like it had just been oh. shot. So I mean, that was pretty wild. Um so just a lot. And so that to me is if I could say that was the purest example of a, of a paranormal investigation, that was it because everything that we had that night was validating every other piece of equipment. And that's huge in the paranormal world, right? If you, if you just capture an EVP and, and maybe say you see a shadow figure, that's cool evidence. But when you've got the REM pod going off and the K2 is going off and you're seeing things in the moment and you're capturing voices that, that just really builds that case that something unexplainable is going on. Um, so that was a great location. Uh, yes. Yeah. You Sorry. Have a question? Uh, I have a question about, do you ever face any kind of, uh, issues with the fact that you're all women and you go to a place or or is there any sort of bias about, you know, you should have someone here to protect you or, or can you guys really handle this? And and that's a great question. Um, I actually think from the spirit perspective, I think being an all-female team lends itself to capturing different evidence than an all-male team or an all-co-ed team um, would do because I think women by our very nature have a sense of empathy. Um, that that men don't really possess. You know, we're 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 meant to be empathetic for children and so on and so forth. And I think because we we naturally possess that, we we get different results when we go in as an all female team. Um, now, physically, uh, all of us are licensed to carry. We always have a handgun with us. Um, even though I'm more scared of the living than I am the dead, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. uh, we we all go in with that sense of, okay, we know we're going into a location that in most cases is probably abandoned. Um, you know, there especially with jails and prisons, they're not built in the greatest of areas. Um, right. So we, we always do have our guard up with that respect. Um, not so, And not just for anything human. I mean, um, there's locations where there's rattlesnakes. Uh, you know, you got to be wary of that, of, of, you know, just different things like, like gla- broken glass that you're walking on. So you're very conscious of all of that when you go in as well, not just, not just the spiritual, but the, the physical building itself or the physical location. You know, that's something that we always take into account also. So great question. Yeah. Oh, amazing. What about mice? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have seen our share of mice. Rats are a big one as well. Oh, um, yeah, and, and see, that's another running faster than the ghosts would. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's another thing that you've got to contend with, right? When yeah. when you're going through and reviewing audio and, vis- and and video, you have to say to yourself, okay, we have to make sure that there's there's no rodents causing this or no yeah. vomits causing. Uh, you know, are, are there are there dogs that's gotten loose on the property? So those are all the things that we look for um, when we're doing our audio and video review, uh, because we strictly want to put out things that, in that moment when we control for everything else, we have no explanation for, and so that's yeah. what we put out there. Do you find that that sets you apart? Do you feel like because you're like you said you're trying to almost 
um, explain away the paranormal first. Do you find that a lot of teams do that? Or is it more like the shock value or the, like you said, the YouTubers or whatever that are trying to get a, a loud noise or a chair throwing? Do you find that you guys are are doing that more than other teams? Or is it kind of that's how it, it works? For paranormal investigators, at least the ones that I have met and I associate with, you know, we all have that that common drive of legitimately finding out what is happening um, and and really again, controlling for those things and, and and then throwing out the things that are questionable. And, and, and I think that's really sets the paranormal investigation community apart from, say, the YouTubers, right? Uh, right. And again, nothing against YouTubers. Listen, if, yeah. if that's how they build their audience base, if that's how, you know, they, they get their revenue, God bless them, right? Capitalism all the way, that's fine. <laughs> um, and, and I'm fine with that. But you've got to, as an audience member watching that, you have to realize that they're doing this for sensationalism, right? They're yeah. doing it because they want you to watch and subscribe and, and smash that like button, right? Um, so that's that's what you've got to pay attention to as an audience member. And so it does, in, in what we do to your question, I think it does set us apart because we're focusing on the history first and then legitimately trying to put out there things that we can't explain. Now, listen, if somebody wants to come to me and say, I watched your video. I think this is what is happening here. Mm -hmm. I want to have that dialogue. I want to have that conversation so we can decide if, if that's true. And we can go back and say, okay, you're right. It was, you know, a, a, a mouse crawling up the wall. We, we right. see his little eyes right here. And I missed that. I'm sorry. We will do a retraction on that because again, we want to put out stuff that, that we legitimately can't explain. Yeah. Um, so to your point, I, I think it does set us apart. Yeah. Yeah. What do you wish people knew that are, yeah, misconceptions or what do you wish people knew more about what you did that they don't know? Mm -hmm. And that's a great question. I think the the, the biggest thing is that the, we live in an instant gratification world. And so what we do, there is not that instant gratification. Now, if I'm, if I'm a YouTuber and I'm doing a live and I walk through a building and I'm there for two hours, boom, my audience has watched it. That's the instant gratification. I'm done with that location. I'm moving on. Uh, so what, but what we do is, is different. We go in and we're in a location anywhere from eight, 12, 24, sometimes 48 hours recording everything, uh, video and audio. And so then we're, we're done with that. As I said before, we sit down and we listen to all of it and we watch all of it. So it usually takes about two months from an investigation to really get, you know, wow. a 20 minute video out because, you know, we want to do the history justice and we want to do the investigation justice. And so it's, it's not this instant gratification thing. It's not, you know, I go into brushy and I sit down in the cafeteria and boom, something's talking to me. That's not how this works. It's, it's almost like fishing in a way. So it, it, and there's no guarantee that the, the that we're going to get anything paranormal. Um, and so that's a little bit of, of what I would hope um, the listeners would, would take away from this, that, you know, there is a lot of time and dedication into this. And this is all self-funded, right? We don't get paid for this. Um, we're doing it because we love what we're doing and we want to bring this to the forefront. Um, so it, it, it's, it's different than what you see on TV. We're not in it for sensationalism. We're in it to legitimately tell a historically accurate story and then couple that with paranormal activity that we find. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing that I would say. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people who think they have something paranormal happening in their life, in their house, in anywhere? What do you, what do you tell people? What should they do? The very first thing that I would say is go to Amazon and get yourself a $20 voice recorder um, and just hit record, you know, put it in your living room, hit record and go about living your day. And then, but you've got to have the patience to go back and play it and listen to it and see if you captured anything and, or during that day, ask questions like, you know, you're, you're sweeping the floor. Hey, is anybody here with me? What's your name? Um, can you make a knock? Can you make a noise? Um, and, and just really see if you can communicate with it on that level. And it's sometimes surprising what you'll capture. I mean, if you legitimately think that there's something in your house, um, paranormal, uh, that's the very first thing I would start with. Just get a voice recorder, hit record and let it play through the day. How do you deal with say trolls and things like that, that are, you know, denying what you're doing and, and, um, explaining away the things that you've been able to capture. 
Well, honestly, if, if we encounter somebody like that, that says, you know, I don't believe that my response is that's absolutely fine. You know, yeah. it, it, it would be like my trying to convince you that my religion is correct. I'm not going right. to do that. And it's the same thing with this. I'm not going to convince everybody that, that what we're finding is legitimately unexplained phenomena. Um, what we do uh, is we, we, again, tell the history. We spend a lot of time in the archives and in libraries, speaking to volunteers and docents at those locations to get a historically accurate uh, account or narrative of the location. And then we tell you how we did this investigation, i.e. there's four females here. We have complete control of the environment. We've done this, 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 and this, and this is what we've captured. Now you can believe it. And that's awesome. You cannot believe in it. And that's just as awesome. Um, right. If we can give you a three minute historical tutorial of this location that you might not know about, then that's my job, right? That's what yeah. I feel like we need to do. And that is what I consider a success. If you come away from the paranormal side saying, okay, that was fascinating. Again, that's a success. Um, but uh, you know, for, for people that say, well, I don't believe it. That's absolutely fine. I, I respect your opinion. Um, and, and so that, I mean, that's another reason why when we put our stuff on YouTube, you know, we don't monetize because I don't want people to come back and say, well, you just quote unquote found that because you want more people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. I don't care how many subscribers I've got. Honestly, uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not doing this for money because I'm not monetizing anything. Right. And so I think that adds a sense of legitimacy as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, so again, to your question is it's like, that is absolutely fine. I totally respect your opinion. Um, you know, there's, there's other, there's other investigators that you can watch and that's, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah. And so what is the best way for people to find your work? If they can, people come visit the prison, like, yeah, what's the best way for people to get access to what you do? Absolutely. So our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Pretty much anything that you want to know about us is there. Our bios are there. All the places that we've gone to um, is there. Our YouTube channel is under Soul Sisters Paranormal. Our Facebook page is under Soul Sisters Paranormal. We're very active there. And then, as I said before, the, the business that I have with Miranda is uh, the Historic Scott County Jail. So you can visit us on our Facebook page under the Historic Scott County Jail or our website, www.historicscottcojail.com. And again, all of our information is there as well. That's amazing. Um, I just, I want to say that maybe you should put a voice recorder in your window because all I've seen this whole time is shadows and I'm sure it's just a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. There is a tree out here. So that is where the shadows is coming in. However, I'm not sure if y'all saw, but the lights flickered about three or four times when we first started and I have no idea what caused that. So uh, that, that somebody was that wants to be on this podcast. Probably, probably. Listen, but... we will be your platform. Just somehow get it to us. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I I don't really look for like signs of my husband, but there are things that happen that I can feel that are unexplained. Like there, there will be like flickering lights or I'll be um, texting on my phone and then all of a sudden it'll like swish over to like a, and my finger hasn't gone there or I'll be on my computer and like things will happen. And, and so I'm like, I'll just be like, okay. Hi. <laughs> and, and, you know, that that's the thing. The paranormal is just something that we can't explain through normal science. It's it's yeah. not something that is scary. It's not something that, again, there, there are times where you'll get startled, but it's not something that has to be scary. It's just trying to find out what is our next step after we pass? And, right. you know, I'm, I'm fully convinced that, that, that your husband is trying to communicate with you on those, on those levels. It can be little subtle things. It doesn't have to be a door slam or footsteps or anything like that. Just to, you know, for him to let you know, Hey, I'm here, I'm still yeah. here. I'm, I'm watching you. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of have that misconception that it's not scary. These are just things that our normal science right now can't explain. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you ever watch movies like The Others or The Exorcist or Paranormal? What's that Paranormal Experience? What's that movie that they, they made? Like yeah, Paranormal Activity. I can't, even watch a, I can't even watch a trailer for that show. Like I'm, <laughs> I cannot. But do you ever watch them and you're sort of like roll your eyes and be like, okay, well, 
Like this wouldn't <laughs> have happened. This wouldn't have happened. You know, there were a few um, that'll roll my eyes and say, okay, that's, that's way outside the realm of whatever's normal or paranormal, if you want to say that. Um, but yeah, I do watch them. I, I find them fascinating. There are some that I, I think are a little bit more historically accurate or, um, you know, uh, accurate in the sense of portraying paranormal activity than others, um, such as like the conjuring and stuff. I, I think, you know, obviously it's Hollywood. It does take some liberties, mm-hmm. but you know, for the most part, I, I think they have the story, right? But yes, yeah, so there, there are ones that I watch. I, I love slasher movies like Michael Myers go all the way. Yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously that's not, uh, that's not true, but I, I love movies like that. Yes. Oh, wow. that's so cool. God, I love this. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time. I bet you're so busy being October. It's almost Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awesome that we appreciate it so much. And we'll make sure to link all of your websites and YouTube on our show notes. Yeah. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will, we will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Y'all have a fantastic day. You too. too. Bye. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. I'm now excited even more to go listen to Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. You have to. I I cannot believe you don't know that story. I know. I was looking at Christy's website and like they went to an elementary school (gasps) and the results aren't out yet. But I am like, of course the elementary school is haunted. Of course. We're going to link all of their stuff so that you guys can see their videos and... All the stuff that she talked about. I know. And if we have any listeners from the town where the prison is, where they're doing tours, like, please go. Yeah, And please report back. Oh, my gosh. And we're going to do a draw on our Patreon for some uh, Soul Sisters Paranormal merch. merch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, her logo is really cute. It's so awesome. When, like, our video turned on, I was like, um, can we buy that shirt? Like, (laughs) it's really cute. I really like it. So, uh, we're going to do that and... I don't know, guys, make sure you're following us um, digitally, not in person. That's scary. So find us. Every- Unless you're a spirit, you can follow us okay, for a little bit. Fair. If you're a spirit and you're listening to this, <laughs> knock three times. Oh, God. OK. And I don't know. I'm like I'm like stoked about this. It's it was honestly so fascinating to talk to her and to hear these things. And I am so terrified, but also so fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, uh, buy us a coffee if oh, you yeah. like. We're, we always forget to talk about that. If yeah. you're like, if you're like, eh, I don't want to sign up for a monthly commitment, uh, but you do want to support the work that we do, then there's a couple ways. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash I did not sign up for this and um, contribute at any of the levels that you want for a one-time contribution it's too many words contributing (laughs) and or also leave us a review if you like what you're listening to leave us a review share it with friends share it on your stories and tag us yeah i love that i I love love when people show us that we're listening they're listening i know it blows me away makes me so happy yeah okay enjoy the rest of your day enjoy spooky season (laughs) okay bye Bye.